Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Guys, guess what? What? We've booked a live show. We've booked a Christmas show. It's on the 2nd of December at the Clapham Grand in London. Oh Yay! my God. We're going to see each other's faces. We're going to see each other's bodies and so on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just genuinely deliriously happy that we're going to see each other in the flesh. And hopefully we're going to see some of you as well. So tickets you can get from claphamgrand.com. If you're not in London, then you can also buy tickets to watch on the stream. Yeah, so anywhere in the world, it will be at seven o'clock UK time. So whatever time that is in your country, it will be streaming live. And there's two shows. We're doing two shows. So it's going to be two hours of entertainment. Two fantastic guests. The second show will be a lot drunker than the first. So <laughs> wherever you are in the world, it's OK to get drunk because it will be drinking time in London. Join us, please. Also, because of COVID, it is now a requirement that you have to buy two tickets at a time. Now, if you're like me and you like to go to shit alone, don't worry. We can hook you up with another person that's going on their own, pair you up, make sure that your personalities match. We'll do a full psych profile and we'll get you together. <laughs> How's that sound? Do you know what? That sounds perfect. If you're like Taylor and your husband will no longer go to things with you, that's Clapham Grand, 2nd of December. Buy tickets online, come to the live stream. It's going to be so much fun. Christmas show. Christmas show. Christmas show. Cool. Longest ad ever. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets you can get from Crap Crapham Gland. Don't say that. The Crapham Gland. Oh my Our God. new sponsor. <laughs> Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Katie Wilkins and I'm an author and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. 
This is where brandy meets bludgeoning, mimosa meets misdemeanour, and port meets prostitution. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. No, I was like the only Cockney person in the crowd. <laughs> After that, they were like, well, let's just get rid of the normal people. <laughs> let's just I'd rather be a Solent than a cunt. <laughs> I'd bring in a Scooby. <laughs> if I've learned anything from this podcast, it's don't lick a crime scene. <laughs> episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. This week we are joined by the fantastic actress, comedian, author, podcaster, hearing aid wearer, knitter, dairy intolerant, it's Samantha Bain! Yay! Yay! Thank you for my list. I loved it. <laughs> Two of them are lies. Which ones? <laughs> That's yeah. not true. Right in. No. <laughs> no, I'm very honest and I'm oversharer, so they're all true. And I can definitely add more to that. Maybe throughout the episode. <laughs> we can so gather. at the end, there's like an essay <laughs> of the things that are qualities, I'm going to call them. Awesome. Well, this sounds like you're going to be the perfect addition to the force. Sam, can you tell us, have you ever been the victim of a crime? Yeah, I feel like I've been victim of like loads of crimes and I just okay. can't like remember them all, like emotional crimes, fashion oh, crimes. Yeah. One Christmas, my mum dressed me and my little sister up in tartan matching dresses. <laughs> we were like four and, and we had like a photo shoot against like a hazy background. It was oh horrific. my goodness. I remember um, um, the other day, um, I, I couldn't remember the word for tartan and I said to my boyfriend, I said, Oh, it's the Scottish squares. That's not a way of describing tartan. <laughs> well, that's also a dance, isn't it? Squares in Scotland, oh. isn't it? Yeah. Or it's just the way I dance when I'm in Scotland. <laughs> um, no, but the crime I would like to talk about yes. is when I had my laptop stolen. Oh, no from my house <gasps> in Camden that I was oh, living God. in at the time. Yeah. Um, but it was stolen because my housemate, mm. the shithead, I can <gasps> swear on this podcast, can't I? Of oh, yes. Can. Explicit content like. warning. My housemate, <laughs> the shithead, um, he like always had a problem with his knee and he was always doing like knee exercises and he rented a BMW car and he just told everyone about it. Anyway, he left wow. the door of the flat open. Ugh, he's so he like such a fucker. Yeah, he left for work and just left the front door open. So someone was just walking past and obviously just popped in and decided to steal my laptop. Yeah. Wow. Oh, no. And, like, was your flatmate sorry? Did he, like, admit that it was him? Yeah, he did. Um, huh. I had to... Well, how bad is this? This is, like, <laughs> hashtag first world problems. I didn't notice it was gone for, like, a week. <gasps> Oh <laughs> my really god! Because I'm a creative person and I don't really do work on a regular basis. <laughs> so like, I didn't know it was gone. And then one day I was like, "Oh, where's my laptop? I'm sure oh I left god. it on the kitchen table." And we'd all discussed the incident where the front door was wow. open, but we didn't think anything had been stolen. And then a week later, I realised my laptop had been stolen. So okay, you know what? I'm already thinking. Do you, did you live with other flatmates as well as this guy? Yes. Someone else took it and they knew they could blame it on this guy. No, well, he's he was the worst one. The other ones were <laughs> So, like, if they someone was going to steal it, it would have been him. Okay, okay. He replaced it, right? 
No. So he what? said, I'll buy you a new one at the time. So I was like, okay, fine. And then I had to like call the police. Um, I tried to get it on insurance, but I couldn't. But I had to do a police oh. report and stuff. And then yeah. he just never really bought me one. And I, mm. I was at that stage of my life where I was like trying to be a strong woman, but also <laughs> apologizing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like now I would have like punched him in the face and like taken yeah. his credit card and this feels like the 90s 90s <laughs> feminism yeah, yeah. Um, uh, now I would have been like um you said you were gonna buy me a laptop buy yeah because it's your fault but yeah. at the time I was like oh my god he said he'd buy me one but so like maybe he's like buying it and he just hasn't like mentioned it yeah or, like, just gotta like give him it. like loads of time and maybe yeah. like cook him dinner or something yeah maybe i'll like suck his cock and then i'll get the laptop like really nice. and i'll be careful of his knee because he's got a knee injury um so yeah so he never bought me one but i had to call the police about it and they asked me if i wanted counseling Wow. I remember thinking, oh, my God, that's so nice. And also a great way to get free counselling. Yeah. yeah. Like, I want to talk about my mum. But, yes, I was robbed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the, well, the counselling waiting lists are long, like, for yeah. NHS. So you could be like, yeah, I feel re- like someone really invaded my space, which reminds me of a time when I was six. And oh, my God. school children used you to bully what? me, you know. That's We've a tough discovered... Tip. Another life hack, you guys. Yeah, like, a good life hack. I don't know if this is still the situation during the pandemic that the police can hook you up with some sweet counselling. Yes, but let's can. try it. As long as you <laughs> say that you were invaded, per, your personal yeah. space was invaded. When I um, had my phone stolen, I was offered um, really? counselling. It was literally just the phone. And it wasn't taken from my person. I put it down somewhere. And whether the counselling was someone saying, Hannah, just do better do better <laughs> yeah. look after your it's shit a, it's a really aggressive life coach going come <laughs> on we always ask our guests what would you say if you had the perp or perps in custody they can't do anything to you you can say or do whatever you want to them and i don't know if we're counting the robber or your flatmate or both okay wow okay well if it was the robber i'd be like well fair enough the front door was open We'd all, okay. have, we'd all yeah. have a look in. We'd be like, yeah. oh, what's this house like? Yeah. And he the laptop. He's was, only human. <laughs> yeah. The laptop was, I love that you've assumed it was a man. Did I assume it was a man? Yeah. Evil, evil people are men, aren't they? Always. We're, we've all got our own biases that we need to work on. I know. Um, we're going to call evil man. Um, oh, I'd be like, fair enough, you know. Yeah. I'd, I'd yeah. say, please don't share the nude images on my laptop yes. that was the main thing i was really worried about when yeah. my laptop was stolen fair enough not any of the work or like my <laughs> bank details i was like oh my god i think i've got some nude photos on there and also i had nude photos of like ex-boyfriends wow. Ooh, which special was, folder yeah okay. special folder saving for uh bribery yeah. years later um <laughs> yeah the so salacious I quite, files i was quite upset about that damn <gasps> that's oh, horrible no. Yeah. That feeling. But if it's any comfort, like they literally wipe them straight away, um, don't they? Computers, yeah. like yeah. Oh, well, and then to resell them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always think. Yeah, that. they haven't got time to wank to everyone's porn. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, but it would be actually. I think it would be more offensive if they like logged in and found the nude photos, and then they were like, "Well, these are shit. I'm just going to wipe them," and like not wanked <laughs> over them. It's like that thing of like someone once wrote to me to ask me for um, 
like a signed photo. Oh my God, I've made it big time. And um, (laughs) he asked for it to be laminated. Oh. And I was like, he's going to be, he's going to be wiping that clean. Yikes. Half of me was horrified. And the other half of me was like incredibly flattered. Because like, You know, he could have been wanking over, like, there's, like, actual porn out there where people are naked and having sex. And there's, like, incredibly hot people in the world that he could be wanking over. But he wanted to wank over, like, a photo of me doing a pouty face, trying to be a serious actress. Like, so it was it was a dilemma. The audacity, yeah. though, to ask you to laminate it. Yeah, like, laminate what? it yourself, yeah. buddy. Get your own laminator, you pervert. <laughs> <laughs> Buy your own technology, gee. <laughs> yeah. Stop outsourcing. <laughs> I think he wanted me to know. Yes, that was the extra kink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mm. didn't, by the way, send a laminated photo. That was my next question. <laughs> yeah, we the listeners were going to want closure so, on this. Yeah, if anyone wants one, no. Laminate it yourself. Print it off yeah. the internet. <laughs> Did you send him anything or were you like, no, I think... You, you were like, we're done here. <laughs> no, and also by this stage, I don't even think I'd like done that much telly. So I hadn't even been in like, because people like nowadays, people are like, want a photo of me on set of The Crown or something. Right. But like at the time, I think I'd done like really obscure stuff. So I was just like, this guy is just trying to get laminated photos of actresses and he doesn't even right. give a shit about me. <laughs> He's just using me. Yeah. Yeah, no. Okay, good. Good. Hard pass. Good call. He could be a serial killer and it's to wipe off the blood. I'm just throwing out a different wow. okay. possibility. Okay. In that case, I would have sent one. <laughs> yeah, that's morally fine. Yeah. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. This is a classic story. It is a tale as old as time. This is the story of a man from a well-connected family who goes on to commit murder. Now, this case made history for two reasons. Number one. It was one of the earliest uses of forensic evidence to identify a body. And number two, it was the first time ever that the judge issued an instruction of reasonable doubt to the jury as opposed to complete certainty. Wow. So question, what year is this? Ooh, I think reasonable doubt has been around for quite a while. I would say it's maybe just over 100 years old. So I would go 1920. Okay. (laughs) I think it's always shocking, these things, isn't it? It's like, oh, my God, it only happened in that year, so I'm going to say 2019. Okay. Bold. I love it. Taylor? So you you just said forensic evidence, but nothing Mm -hmm. more specific. It was one of the earliest uses of forensic evidence to identify a body, and it was the first time ever that the judge issued the instruction of reasonable doubt. See, I reckon that's a long old time ago. I'm going to say, who, 1837. Okay, in that case, Taylor, you are the closest. It is 1849. Okay, not 2019. That was a baller move, Sam. That's the first (laughs) answer that you're giving. Yes, please. That was. Straight in. That was. The murder case was highly publicised and sensational, partly due to the gruesome nature of the crime. Hashtag, this is good. Hashtag, I mean, trigger warning, this is going to be gruesome. Oh, my God. Um, Hashtag instead of trigger warning. (laughs) 
Katie is desperate to be a millennial. She's like, oh God. Just, I say hashtag all the time what, when I'm What is to... it you guys do again? Guys, hashtag racism, sexual abuse. Let's have some fun. I think hashtag gruesome is, I want to check out that hashtag. Like, what's going to be you on would that? Like, click on that. Immediately, to... though, I'd panic that I can't spell gruesome. And like, when you do a hashtag, it then doesn't give you spell check. Yeah. And that is my biggest qualm. No, but it with... hooks you up if other people have written it that way. You can That's join it. in the gruesome conversation. You can, yeah. <laughs> you can join in all the badly spelled ones. I like anyway. that the misspelled ones are also trending, though. It's like, wow, enough of you dickheads couldn't spell this that that's trending. It's yeah. It's, we live in such great times. It's amazing. <laughs> so this murder case was highly publicised in sensation, partly because it was so gruesome and partly because of the high social station of the victim and murderer. Mm. So question, is the victim male or female? Ooh, I don't think they're wasting their forensic money on a female serial killer so, okay. or a female murderer. So I think that the victim's male. No, I think the um, killer is male. And actually, I think maybe the victim is also male. I'm going to okay. go man on man crime. OK, excellent. Any other guesses? Well, I think the victim is a woman. OK. And if she's got a high social status, maybe yeah. the queen of the time. Was there, okay. well, who was the queen of the time? The queen. Was there a queen or was it a king? I mean, it depends. Where are we in the world? England? Uh, we haven't got to that yet. Oh, we right. will in a sec. <laughs> the queen. Uh, Someone killed the queen. Okay. I love Shock. it, Sam. Weren't you on the crown? <laughs> the queen of the time. <laughs> and that was my role. Yeah. Killing the queen. <laughs> no, I was like the only cockney person in the crown. Like... Series one, and then after that, they were like, well, "Let's just get rid of the normal people. <laughs> let's just let the posh, the posh ones in." No one's um, tuning in for this. Yeah. Oh god! <laughs> so far, Sam has guessed that the Queen was murdered in 2019, and I love it. <laughs> well, apparently, every time like a big event happens, like all the press and PR people and journalists all have to like prepare like if they're going away to some big event they have to prepare just in case one of the royal family die normally the queen or prince philip and they have to have like headlines ready and everything like that in case there's breaking news and they're not there keep updating the obituary stuff yeah wow do you know actually like i remember reading that if the queen dies the bbc won't play any comedy for like two weeks or something so the queen isn't going to die until i get my first sitcom on the bbc yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's just my fucking luck so um, don't worry she'll be fine there are ridiculous (laughs) rules like uh, my friend was working on the olympic opening ceremony when we had it in the uk and they had to rehearse singing god save the king just in case the queen died wow they have so little faith (laughs) no that's i get it well she was jumping out of that plane with double Seven. I mean, my God. Yeah. I mean, they had to cover it. She's she's risk heavy. Taylor, uh, male or female victim? I was thinking along the same lines: female victim, high status. Okay. But male. Only Hannah is correct. You Yay. guys. Okay. I said it was considered important. Everybody is a man. <laughs> <laughs> So we have two men. Now, one is the murderer and one is the victim. I'm going to tell you a tiny bit about both their backgrounds and then you have to tell me which is which. Okay, so person one, indulged as a child and pampered in youth, had a petulant and fussy disposition but was known for his kindly nature. Person two, 
suffered poor health as a youngster, which led him to want to study medicine, admitted to university age 15. Which one of those is a killer and which one of those is the victim? Well, the first one sounded a lot like the qualities that some people might say members of the royal family have. Okay. So um, I just want to say that maybe my queen thing wasn't super off. Um, okay. But I think, I th- well, I don't know. The other one was a, trained as a doctor, which makes me think like creepy, wants to cut people open to see inside them. Okay. But then also I don't want to fall for the like lower status, lower okay. class is the murderer. So I'm going to say that the doctor guy yeah. is the victim. And the posh guy is the murderer because he thinks he can get away with everything because he's so entitled. And I bet he's white and straight too. (laughs) Okay. So you're saying person one indulged as a child, pampered in youth, had a petulant and fussy disposition, um, but was known for his kindly nature, murderer. Yeah. And you're saying person two suffered poor health, made him want to study medicine, admitted to university age 15 is the victim. Okay. I love it. Taylor and Hannah, do you agree or disagree? I do agree. My first thought was that the petulant, posh one was the murderer. I think it's the other way around then. I think that the uh, doctor is the murderer just because it sort of like brings to mind um, Jack the Ripper, etc. And he was thought possibly to be a uh, doctor because of the way that he sort of like took the organs out of the body. So, yeah. yeah. So I think that actually a murdery doctor, that sounds plausible to me. Okay. So... A murdery doctor. We've got Sam and Taylor saying that person one, posh and pampered, is the killer. Um, And we've got Hannah saying that person two, ill as a youngster, became a doctor, is the killer. I can now reveal that Taylor and Sam are correct and Hannah is wrong. Um, Person one is John White Webster, born 1793. He is the murderer. Person John White is... Webster, of course he is, double-barrelled. <laughs> Hello, I'm John White Webster. <laughs> <laughs> and um, George Parkman is the victim. So our perp is this John White Webster. He is very well-to-do. His grandfather, and fortune is a merchant, blah, blah, blah. His family are friends with the Shaws. I'm assuming George Bernard Shaw, but I actually don't know enough about American history. Um that if it's not in Hamilton or Watchmen, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> That's um, a good guess for a Shaw, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, what other Shaws yeah. even are there? Maybe he was in Jersey Shaw or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just people okay. who live by the sea. Like, he's, he really loves seaside towns. Yeah, yeah, big fan. Okay, question. Which Ivy League school did our murderer graduate from? Well, this was oh. a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But they've all been round for... What, do we know what country we're in yet? Oh, yeah, sorry, it's America. America, okay. I don't know any American schools, so... Oh, well, now I do. Princeton. Harvard. Okay. okay. Which I'm just listing. I'm just listing okay. schools. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go for Princeton because it is my first... Okay, Sam's going Princeton. Taylor and Hannah. Harvard, because just because Taylor, I know that you went to an Ivy League school, right? Didn't you? So you like know which ones, and I, I need to take the other obvious ones because <laughs> I don't know anymore. Sorry for cutting you off, but now do your okay. do your thing. Hannah's going Harvard. Taylor, what are you saying? I went to one of the most insecure Ivies because we had like chants for all the other schools when we'd play them <laughs> in hockey because that was like one sport we were good at. It was the only sport we were good at. 
So like Princeton, we'd go, Princeton's in New Jersey. And I now realize just how insecure that made us sound. So that was Cornell, go Big Red. Um, and I would love it if it was one, because I went to Columbia too, guys. <laughs> no, big deal. no big deal. Look at me now. Look at me now drinking eight pound wine. Um, <laughs> For two I bottles. got my wine on a Tesco meal deal, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> the, cost, the cost per item is very low. It's all for like 10 pounds. Just going back Amazing. to your chant, um, Taylor, I remember yeah. I went to Southampton Solent University and I, I don't condone this chant because it's horrible and I have nothing against Southampton University, but obviously Southampton University is a much better school. Um, and the chant was, I'd rather be a Solent than a cunt, which was... <laughs> Sort of proved its point, really, didn't it? So original, uh, the wordplay there, stunning. <laughs> yeah. We also had a really nerdy acapella group, and this is this is topical because obviously I love "We Didn't Start the Fire," and they would sing "We Didn't Go to Harvard," and there was just the whole whole thing. Wow. I'm gonna throw a curveball okay. and say Dartmouth. Okay. You know what? I love it. The correct answer is Harvard. Of yes. course it was. Cunts. If this was pointless, you would have won. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this guy graduated from Harvard uh, College in 1811 and Harvard Medical College in 1815. So he is also a doctor, guys. Uh-oh. Um, pretty good marriage material. Anyone turned on now? Um, doctor versus and... doctor. Yeah, yes, doctor it's a and doctor crime. A doc- doctor off. He gets his degrees, does a bit of travelling, gets married to Harriet Frederica Hickling. I don't want to be too anti-patriarchy, but this is a guy that failed upwards. So I am anti-patriarchy. But he started a medical practice in Boston, but he was unsuccessful. So he changed careers in 1824. He was appointed a lecturer for chemistry, mineralogy and geology at Harvard Medical College. He failed being a doctor so they mm-hmm. made him a lecturer at harvard <laughs> like yes. what is that the is first what use of those who can't do teach yeah yes <laughs> and in no chemistry offense. just like just different science yeah but also i mean like it's the olden days he's a dude question was he a good teacher no correct <laughs> Most of my sources say that he was pretty bad. Occasionally he'd do something fun and kind of showy with some pyrotechnics, but otherwise very boring. Loads of my sources talked about how dull he was and that students would buy tickets for his lectures and then they wouldn't go. Oh my God, it's like that Trump rally and those uh, K-pop <laughs> yes. kids. Yeah, I love it. This guy got TikToks. Amazing. Um, <laughs> so um, that's what the young people say, isn't it? I'm going to be a millennial. You're all into TikTok, aren't you? Um, but anyway, so he's boring, he's bad at it, but he's failing upwards, so he gets promoted again after three years in 1927. He's got the Irving professorship. One of my sources threw shade at him and said he was tolerated rather than respected, and he only retained his position on account of its comparative insignificance. That is a burn. So he was also, this is probably significant, he was also considered a bit macabre. There's an anecdote about how at dinner party at his house, he amazed his guests by lowering the lights, fitting a noose around his own neck and lolling his head forward, tongue protruding over a bowl of blazing chemicals to give a ghastly imitation of a man being hanged. 
Wow, they really did not have TikTok, did they? Imagine if I was like, guys, do you want to come around for dinner? And then I, <laughs> I fed you the starter, which would be um, tomatoes with mozzarella because it's easy to do. All you have to do and is slice. Delicious. Um, and then I just got got out a noose and just hung my head over <laughs> a bag of chemicals. And I was like, wow, fun times. Now for the main. Like, yeah. what? On Come exactly. Dine With Me, you would not get good... Oh my Boats. god! Yeah. Question: Which Ivy League school did our victim graduate from? I've heard of this one called Harvard. And I think <laughs> Hannah's going <laughs> Harvard. Yeah. Also, I think maybe they went to school together, and yeah? this was a proper rivalry, and it wasn't just a random murder. Okay. Anyone deviate from that? You're happy with Harvard? I'm going to go yeah. with Yale. Okay. Sam, any difference? I can't think of any other Ivy League schools, so okay. I'm going to go with Harvard. Okay, you guys are correct. It was Harvard. So this is the guy that was ill and then uh, really wanted to learn medicine and was super bright and admitted to Harvard when he was only 15 years old. And he also delivered the sal- salutary oration in 1809. Um, he was super rich too, this guy. But oh, he I was... assumed he wasn't because he had a bad start in life. That's bad. Well, he bad was sound. ill. He was ill. He had a bad illness. He was still super rich. But he is nice because he saw a lecture by Benjamin Rush, which inspired him to take an interest in the terrible state of asylums for the mentally ill. And um, after his degree, he travelled. He went to France. He met French psychiatrist Philippe Pinel and Etienne Esquirel. And they were doing this whole thing about being nice to people that were mentally ill and like trying to make asylums really nice places where people could do hobbies. And We love him. Yeah. So he and he wanted to bring that back to america and start having like nice asylums where people would actually get better and stuff they used to put women in asylums if they like admitted to wanking and like having a (laughs) sex drive and they'd they'd call them hysterical and they put them in asylum i mean in a way like (laughs) i would be in a very secure asylum (laughs) but also if everybody had answered that honestly then all the women would have been in asylum and nothing would get done so he goes back to america because he wants to fight in the war of 1812 he's out there living his best life trying to make nice asylums where people can get better um and then a big change happens to him which changes his situation and it's not being killed yet what big change i really happens don't to want him? him to die and i'm not saying that we've had other episodes where i'm like yeah don't mind but i really feel sad because we know what's coming and he just seems like a really top guy the only life change that i can relate to Mm -hmm. having gone through recently is divorce okay interesting did he get divorced okay yes great answer that's a really good guess i'm gonna let the others have a go I'm thinking that maybe did the illness come back that he had when he was younger Ooh, did he get ill again? Nice. That's a great guess too, yeah. You haven't said if he's got a partner yet, right? We don't know. I haven't, but I can tell you if you want to know. Oh, well, I no, guess it... you should guess, you should guess. Well, I was saying maybe his wife died, but um, okay, doesn't sound like it from the way you answered that question, so. <laughs> like, did he take up golf? That's, okay. That usually signals a life change. <laughs> okay. None of you are correct. What happens is his dad died and he inherits all of his huge family fortune. Oh, okay. 
Um, so now George Parkman takes complete control of the family estate and he bought vast amounts of land and real estate in Boston, including many poorly maintained tenements. So money lending and real estate now augmented his income. And he was reported to have a net worth of $500,000 in 1846, which is basically like 16 and a half million today. Whoa! He is doing well. He is. He'd have his own program on Netflix of like, I bought this house and then I flipped it and painted the wall. And I'm still a really nice doctor. Yeah. And Um, I can cure your ailments. Yeah. So question, what could be the motive for Webster to want to kill Parkman? Well, I guess money. Now now the guy's got 16 and a half mil. Okay, Um, yeah. Perhaps it is money, and perhaps you're holding off the uh, the partner because he's married to the guy's sister, and if he dies, mm. the sister inherits it all, and Ooh. that's why he's murdered him because he wants Ooh. it for his family. Interesting. Bum, Very bum, interesting. Bum. Yeah. I think it's an affair of the heart. Ooh. So, what was her name, Frederica? Oh, yeah, Pickle. the wife is cool. <laughs> she wasn't cool. Harriet Frederica Hickling. Good Hickling. Hickling. Yeah, Hickling. I reckon Hickling fancied lovely doctor trying to change asylums to make them yeah. better, suddenly got loads of money. Oh, hello, yeah. I have a bit of you. And they okay. were having a little bit of fun time on the side. Ooh. Okay, so jealousy posh, and revenge. And he called a bunch of clinics, like the Hickling okay. Clinic for niceness, and Webster was like, <laughs> yeah. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> You're writing your name on this crap. Anyway, yes, love it, Taylor. Yeah, no, that was my contribution. Okay, okay. <laughs> Okay, um, none of you are quite right. Hannah is sort of the closest. The answer is debt. Oh, okay. It was was like money, but debt. So um, Webster had financial problems. The family had been forced to give up a mansion that he had built in Cambridge. Although they were leasing a respectable but not grand house in 1849, he was in debt to a number of friends. Uh And his salary was as a meagre lecturer... Uh, earnings could not cover his expensive and he had a lot of expensive because he had these daughters and two of them were like about to come out of debutantes and that cost money and he just obviously was used to this lavish lifestyle and he could not live within his means as a lecturer mm. so well, no tips then. if you're a shit lecturer <laughs> yeah <laughs> tips exactly you should totally tip teachers that's a side <laughs> comment but wow but also like what kind of society pays teachers so badly that they need to i mean like <laughs> every I mean? society like, every society apart from a couple of really good ones like teachers are ba- buying breakfast and pencils for kids at the moment like they're so badly but anyway i love the idea of these like little shits in the class being like only only a five percent tip today, I think, Miss. I don't think your heart was in it. I know, um, right? But, yeah, it's like, like, all right, Miss. Love that history class. Here's a little tenner for you. But Can you imagine? Like... And it's like Uber drivers, and you get stuck. I mean, that's practically what fucking education is now, isn't it? All these hoops everyone has to jump through. I love wow. reviews of schools on Google because they're never good. It doesn't matter what the school is because it's always the students that review it. Because who else is going to review a school? <laughs> yeah on google and so they're always like spelled wrong they're like this are a terrible school hate it you know it's yeah. amazing like this school gives really unfair detentions yeah. drunk women solving crime do you remember what it's like being in your 20s 
I sometimes look back at that period of my life and laugh just as much as I cringe. If you do the same, then you've got to watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Who is Queenie? Queenie is a 20-something year old living in London. She's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through those mommy issues. Can she turn her quarter-life crisis into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. The new series Queenie is now streaming on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So, Webster was known to be in debt to Parkman and there had been arguments when Parkman had pressed Webster for the money. There is one more person that I need to tell you about who is integral to this story. That is the janitor. Oh, it's got Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah, baby. I'm bringing the Scooby. I'm drunk, you guys. <laughs> I'd bring in the Scooby. <laughs> bring in the Scooby. I'm loving your Scooby, babe. I love Scooby. Thank you. Thank you. Katie's trying to be a millennial by going, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to mention something from from the 60s. That that makes me a millennial, right? (laughs) This janitor is called Ephraim Littlefield. Now, he and his wife live in the basement of the medical college. Ephraim. Like F dot frame. E-P-H-R-A-I-M. Ephraim. Oh, Oh. didn't hear that. Go on, correct me. No, no, I just didn't. I didn't hear it the right way. And it made me laugh. We're just going to use his second name from now on. Fine. Littlefield. Okay, so he and his wife live in the basement of the medical college next to Professor John Webster's laboratory. Now, he knew Webster and the other Harvard doctors well, and he observed the study of medicine, including... Because they, you know, like, dissected cadavers? Cadavers? Cadavers. That's how you say it. Cadavers. Thank you. Cadavers. That sounds like a cocktail. I love it. It sounds like you'd have it with caviar. I know, right? I've got caviar on the... I can't say it. This could so go for cadaver right now. Cadaver. Cadaver. Russian cadaver. Or is it a cheap sturgeon? We all need them. Cadaver. Okay. So, question... Does Littlefield like Webster? I think that Webster would sometimes let him play with the cadavers. Because I don't think you live in the basement of a medical school and you don't want to play with some of the shit that's in there. Uh Like, I would be constantly opening jars of brains and, like, doing the whole thing. Mm. So I think he liked him because I think he let him be involved. And obviously there's a class difference there. And I I think he would enjoy his... um, his company if he allowed it okay very interesting answer you guys i love that you're just imagining this guy is like frankenstein's monster like living in the basement <laughs> just playing with brains so much fun <laughs> like a weird zombie man like living underground <laughs> okay i love it i'm just gonna come and tell you that he did not like it okay he basically hates everyone this janitor he's like a real scooby-doo janitor actually he like if i could give him a catchphrase it would be you think you're better than me 
because um, I decided to give him a catchphrase. That's what you do when you're researching a case. He's like sort of has it in for these snooty professors. He he's ve- he's full of hate. This guy he hates the Irish. He thinks that Irish immigrants are pouring into Boston and taking his jobs. Um, but he especially hates Webster. Wow. Um, now it got a little bit goodwill hunting. Yeah. He's going to solve things on the board. Well, hold that thought. I can't believe so, he hates people more than the Irish. He hates Webster <laughs> more than... I'm half Irish, who isn't, but I'm offended. So Webster first borrowed $400 from Parkman in 1842, um, and he paid a tiny bit of it back, um, and he gave Parkman a note for 2000 blah, 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 dollars. But basically, he does this kind of weird scam, Webster does, where he borrows again... But and he kind of has this loan, and what he does is he secures money. He promises his like this mineral collection that's worth loads of money. So he kind of like borrows money on that as that's like a guarantee to pay it back because his little mineral collection's worth loads of money. But then he borrows money off somebody else and he promises them the mineral cabinet. Mm. So he's so basically, um, Parkman, the victim, finds out that he's falsely promised this minerals all over town. And he's really Why do they love these fucking minerals? Like <laughs> everyone's like, "Oh my god, your mineral cabinet is worth so much! Have my money! They I are want mineral whores. <laughs> and then he, um, so basically, he's like, "Look, you can't. We can't both get the minerals. You're scamming everyone. I want my money back, please." And he's he's really annoyed, and so because obviously Webster is trying to pull a fast one. So there's a confrontation which gets witnessed. Um, now. Parkman wants to get the money back um, from Webster. So he goes above Webster's head and he tries to get the money from the sale of the tickets for the lectures. So, you know, they have to buy tickets to get these lectures and everyone hates his fucking lectures and they buy them and then they don't go. Mm. He wants, instead of Webster getting the ticket money, he's going to get the ticket money um, because he's like, otherwise I'm never going to get my money. And Um, that was the first comedy agent. (laughs) (laughs) So, obviously, we have a motive. Next thing that happens, Parkman disappears. Now, Parkman was last seen on November 23rd, and he was out collecting debts all around the town. Debts, even. Um, Now, he normally always had lunch with his wife of 33 years at 2 p.m., and he doesn't turn up. Webster has suggested to him that they met at the medical college that afternoon at 1.30, and Parkman was last seen entering the college at 1.45. Question, where was Webster for the rest of the day after that time? Ooh. Was he laminating was he... photographs? Because... Yeah. <laughs> Good of guess. my face. <laughs> of Sam's face? Because I was there. Shock. <laughs> I can tell you what really happened with that mineral collection. This is a brilliant twist. (laughs) Bane, she's got the down low on the quartz. She's going to tell us everything about the quartz. Where was he? Where was he really? Or where did he say he was? Uh, Where was he he known to be? Okay. So he gets observed. I reckon it's got to be something to do with the janitor, hasn't it? Is he mm-hmm. sort of, is he one of those teachers, the lecturers that's chatting to the janitor? Because they're like, I'm a really good guy, guys. Uh, so I'm just going to chat with uh, yeah. Littlefield here because like, he's my bud. Kind so of a maybe, figure. <laughs> yeah, maybe the janitor was, oh, having said that, maybe the janitor found the body and that's more likely. Okay, 
Interesting. Hold that thought. Any further guesses? Was he in a lecture? Because that's quite a good cover. Ooh. Especially if loads mm -hmm. of people used to buy tickets and then not go. So he could just be like, I was oh, teaching a lecture. Yeah. There, and they'd all there. say that they saw him because they wanted to look like they went to their lecture. That's, that's a great, a great guess. guess. Um, Taylor? Nothing further to add, Your Honour. Okay. Fantastic. Sadly, you are all wrong, but those were brilliant guesses. So he was in his rooms and they were locked from the inside. Uh, the janitor heard water running, uh, but Webster was home by 6pm and then he attended a party at the house of a friend. Creepy. The Treadwells. Yes, and he showed no signs of distress. Oh, Sounds like uh, a Jonathan creepy. Creek mystery. You know, like the room was locked from the inside and there was running water. And then it's all a big magic trick where yeah. they disappeared into a fountain. I just Slash love topic. watching Hannah's face light up when anyone says Jonathan Creek like the happiness. <laughs> the happiness. Straight away. Straight away. That is my, yeah, that's my go-to reference and I love it. Happy love place. It. Happy place for HG. <laughs> no, she hasn't, she hasn't mentioned um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson yet. Come on, I haven't. Give me time. Give me time. Okay. We're okay. not at the end of the podcast yet. All right. Clearly he's playing the janitor. <laughs> would you wank over a laminated photo of Dwayne the Rock Johnson it has um, to come up would naturally, she, Sam, she has <laughs> <laughs> on November 24th the family contact the brand newly established Boston police on November 26th the family offer a $3,000 reward for finding Parker alive and then later $1,000 for his dead body oh devalued yeah <laughs> Question, what does Webster do in the meantime? So we haven't got a body yet. Nobody. But we yet. know that there was there was a time in which he's probably killed him. Mm -hmm. Um Webster, I guess, just what does Webster do then? Because sorry, I, I, if I miss something here, is he, so he's, he's a, a lecturer. Still, he's a also lecturer. a lecturer. They're both doctors, and Webster is a lecturer at Harvard about minerals and rocks and stuff. I feel like he's okay. juggling the minerals. Like I feel like he's showing off. He's not showing remorse. This is yeah. a very yeah. He's like showing it off down the street. I won't okay. be needing these anymore. Excellent. No debts for this guy. Okay. Any I'm dead free Webster. I think maybe he's doing like a basement renovation um, <laughs> because his janitor lives. I can't remember if the janitor lives underneath Webster's house or the other guy's house. Yeah, no, he's under the lab. Um, so he lives under the lab. Like they have Webster has a separate house, but Littlefield, the janitor, lives under his lab at the school. Webster's lab. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Webster's doing a, a basement renovation to keep the janitor on side because you probably saw him. Uh -huh. And then just like having a bath with some bubbles, you know, chilling out with a bit of Prosecco um, with his mineral rocks. Trying Maybe to keep him sweet. Bathing the minerals in moonlight, you know, like that's okay. what you're meant to do if you're a bit woo, -woo. Activate their powers. Yes, exactly. Okay, excellent guesses, you guys. Anything to add, Hannah? No. Okay. Your Honour. Um, so he pays back some of the debt to Parkman's brother, um, but he fails to ask how the search is going. So on November 27th, the brand new police make their first search of Webster's rooms, in the, like the laboratory rooms. Question, do they find anything? Yes. Okay, yes from Taylor. Forensic evidence is found 
I think no, because okay. Webster's done little Reno. Okay, so we've got a no from work. Sam. Hannah, yes or no? Yeah, I think this is where they find the forensic um, evidence, which of course at the time they wouldn't know was forensic evidence, but this is what they found. Okay, it's only Sam stabby. is correct. Oh. They did not find anything oh. at this time. These police are brand new. This is an important doctor. They don't These know what guys, they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They are young, dumb and full of cum. <laughs> um, <laughs> So Littlefield is suspicious and he's also concerned that he's going to be blamed because let's face it, he's the working class person. Yeah. Um, Now, a few days before all this, Webster had asked him loads of questions about the dissecting vault and he had given him something and he had given him a turkey for Thanksgiving um, because it was about to be Thanksgiving. And that was the first gift he'd ever given Littlefield and they'd been working together for all these years. So Littlefield was increasingly suspicious. Oh my god, was now, it not a turkey? It was actually the chest of the oh, dead guy. You know and he'd what? made it look like a turkey. <laughs> it was a real turkey, but hold oh. that thought. On November 28th, Webster was at the college early and Littlefield watched him from under the door and he could see as far as his knees. So Webster moved from the furnace to the fuel closet and back, making eight separate trips. Oh no. Ooh. Yes. I love it's turned into Tom and Jerry now that we can just see the legs. Okay, this is we're going through all of the cartoons. I like it. Also, and watched then, him from under the door, like just open the door a crack. Like what are you? Like he's lying on the well, floor, like locked. with eyes under locked. the. Yeah, no, he is doing that, but it's locked. <laughs> so and then the furnace is burning really hot, but like oh, so Webster is, um, you know, all the kindling barrels are empty, and then when he finally Webster's gone. Littlefield goes into the room and there are weird kind of stains and Littlefield tastes one of them and it tastes like acid. Okay. Why would you do... Why do people why do that would in police dramas it? all like, the time? Like, honestly, if I've learned anything from this podcast, it's don't lick a crime scene. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, that is a useful skill for life. Yeah. yeah that I mean, will have that made a, this all worth it. Like that is another life hack. Just don't lick it. <laughs> don't don't lick it. Rule. If you don't know what it is, don't lick it. Do you know what I'd lick? Dwayne Johnson's. Hey, <laughs> she got there. Oh. When, I, when I was little and my mum asked me if I know what sex is, I yeah. said it was um, two people licking each other all over. Wow. That's just it. Imagine the amount of saliva you'd need for that. But you know what? That's how it should be. Yeah. I hope she said that's a good start. (laughs) Yeah. That is a lovely... She laughed in my face and was like, no, someone puts their dick in you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to move stuff along and tell you guys. uh, Littlefield breaks into Webster's room when he's not there. He breaks into the room, he smashes the place up, he breaks into the vault, he does a tunnel, it takes him ages, he goes into the furnace, he finds all this, and eventually he finds a human pelvis, a dismembered thigh, and the lower part of a leg. Whoa. Uh, So he sounds the alarm, and a bunch of men come, and they start gathering and excavating all of this stuff. Police arrest Webster. And... Can I just say my favourite bit of that was you saying, he does a tunnel. Love that as a phrase. You know what? I, I wrote it so much more eloquently than that. Don't no, but it's great. It's to the point, and he we does got a it. Tunnel. It's just like, yeah, he does a tunnel. What? He did yeah. it. He did it. Anyone confused? There's a tunnel. <laughs> 
Okay, so does Webster confess? No. I mean, he sort of bangs to rights, isn't he? But yeah, you're right. He's kind of he is this privileged guy who thinks there's no consequences to anything uh-huh. he does, and it yeah. and if it ends up being his word against Littlefield's, you know, yeah. it could go either way. So yeah, I, I think you're right. I think he says he's not guilty. Okay. Yeah, he um, can't confess because then we get into reasonable doubt. And if he had confessed, oh, then we wouldn't have that. Someone remembers the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> Princeton's in New Jersey. <laughs> um, okay, so he gets arrested. He denies knowledge of the crime. When he gets told that what Littlefield had found, he exclaimed, that villain, I'm a ruined man. Um, and he blamed the janitor, but then, so he's sitting in this cell and he puts something in his mouth. The question, what did he put in his mouth? I'm not going to go for the obvious. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's that. (laughs) It's not Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Sorry, the janitor put something in his mouth or Webster? Webster is in a cell. Oh, he's in a cell. He's seen to put something in his mouth. Is it something to escape, like a hairpin sort of thing? Great guess. Anyone, is it cyanide or something? Is it a cyanide pill if they were around? Uh, yes, Hannah, it is strychnine. Ah, okay. Um, and now he strychnine admits... come dancing. Hey. I do so he where all the celebrities <laughs> wear sequins and then kill themselves. <laughs> Let's pitch this out. for Black Mirror. So he put what he had later admitted to be strychnine into his mouth, but it only made him ill and he survived. So meanwhile, the police are finding shitloads of stuff. Uh, they find a jawbone in the furnace. There's weird acid stains by the sink. They're piecing this body together. Uh, so I'm going to say that a trigger warning now because there's some gruesome stuff. They dumped out a chest from which came a foul odour and there was an armless, headless, hairy and partly burned torso. They found a saw nearby. Then they found a thigh stuffed inside the torso and the heart and organs were missing. So we have some forensics now and I promised you one of the earliest uses of forensics to identify a body and by God I am delivering. As the remains had been partially cremated, dental evidence and bone fragments were used to verify that they were Dr. Parkman's and they were already at a medical college. So they had good facilities to examine the body and they laid out all the parts, they tested them and they wrote up all the descriptions and they conjectured that a hole underneath the left breast might have been where the, the stab that killed the victim and by the end of the day they had estimated the man's height to have been five foot ten which would be an exact match to George Parkman and Parkman's brother-in-law comes in and says that he'd seen the extreme hairiness on Parkman's body and confirmed that the body must be his and it's a then, really harsh way to identify a body it's, it's yeah he was really hairy actually so that probably is him. that's definitely yeah. as hairy as he was so um thousands of people lined the street for Parkman's funeral um and of course five thousand people started touring the crime scene I mean, sick fucks. Make a podcast. Come 5, on. 5,000 <laughs> um, people. Yeah, he was quite beloved. So Webster goes to trial. He tries to claim that the body is for a dissection, but the forensics are too good. They're like, no deal, Webster. It's a huge trial. It's, you know, people travelling to come and watch it because there's wow. no Netflix. There's no TikTok. Webster is not allowed to defend himself according to Massachusetts law, but he, like, gets annoyed and starts trying to defend himself anyway. They tell him not to, but he takes to the stand. Now, the judge hates him and loves Parkman, the victim. So there's mass bias in this case. 
Um, and that is partly why he makes the historic statement of that I flagged up earlier about reasonable doubt. So it's president setting the ruling that he says that they only need to find reasonable doubt um, that the body is Parkman's, um, because before that the standard in murder cases was proof to absolute certainty that that was the body of the victim. Question, does Webster get found guilty? Oh, I bet he, do- I bet he doesn't. I think it's not guilty, uh, although he very, very obviously is. I've just got a horrible feeling that he got away with this. Okay. I think he's guilty because, like, the judge is on his side and we all know about, like, corrupt judicial systems all over the world. So I feel like if the judge is on your side, then you're doing pretty well. It's to put to a jury, right, though, so it's It's 12 angry men. It's a judge and a jury, but the the judge is very prejudiced against Webster. Yeah, the judge hates him. The judge has, like, a wig on and he, like, has that little cape thing and he looks really important. So the jury are going to be like, oh, well, I want to agree with the judge. We have to listen to the important man in the wig. He's wearing a cape and underneath Mm -hmm. there could be a Superman costume. We just don't know. That's a good point. I think he's found guilty, yeah. And then he invents dictionaries when he's in jail. (laughs) Okay, so he is found guilty... Judge Shaw directed that he should be removed from this place, blah, 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 taken to a place uh, behind Judge by Shaw. the Judge Shaw? I thought he was friends yeah. with the Shaws. He was, but they like the other guy more. And it's like this other Shaw. There's like a pastor Shaw. There's like this guy, the Judge Shaw. I don't know how many Shaws. It's raining are. Shaws. It's raining Shaws. Incest. Um, he says, you will be hung until you are dead and may God in his infinite goodness have mercy on your soul. But as we know, you guys have talked about this, Webster is pretty posh. So he goes about trying to get a pardon because posh people don't normally get hanged. Obviously, it's one rule for one. And that is why you can go and shoot pheasants in groups larger than six. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jesus. He's trying to get this writ of er error. He's writing to pastors. And I think it was assumed that he would generally succeed because he's posh. But this governor bloke that he writes to doesn't want to be a hypocrite because someone else tried to get pardoned and he was like, no, you have to die. So he didn't want to look like it was one rule for one, even though it totally is. So it's not looking good. So Webster suddenly writes a confession, but he says that it was self-defence. And he tries again to get a commutation. Question, does he succeed? Is he hung or not hung? I feel like he's not hung. Okay. I don't know why I just keep thinking that he's going to get away with it. I think it's because of all his privilege and how posh he is. Yeah. I just remembered somebody writing in and getting angry that we said hung because it's hanged. And fuck you, (laughs) person who wrote in. Um, I'm an enemy of grammar. I think he's hanged. If he's hanged, how can you be well hung? Well, we're back to the rock, aren't we? (laughs) Uh, always it always comes back to him okay Um, i think he dies because i want to believe that justice succeeds okay you know what good thought he is hung wow um he is taken to leverett street jail in 1850 in april can i just say that i'm sorry that i cheered that someone was hung (laughs) like no it's okay i feel good about it but it's also like just disturbing you know what this is a safe space for all the feelings that we have about murder um he died within four minutes is that quite a long time no like they would in the the, olden days we learned the average they'd be hung for 15 minutes and if you were still alive after 15 minutes you had a chance at living so this case has been enduring in its impact because it was the first 
a case in the United States where dental evidence and scientific testimony were accepted in a murder trial. And Charles Dickens visited Boston in 1867 and demanded to see the room where Dr. Parkman had been murdered. It's wow. been made into loads of TV shows. It's considered controversial a century after the case. One author observed the Parkman murder case stands as a classic example of how a jury can reach a sound verdict despite an unfair trial because the judge was so prejudiced. Mm. But I think the moral of the story is rich white men do get punished if they are unpopular enough. Yay! Cheers! Cheers! Drunk women solving crime. We have an email from our listener, Felicity, and she says, Hi there, I've got a listener crime for you. Firstly, though, I love the Stone of Scone episode as I'm Scottish and it's one of our proud moments and I've definitely upset you again because I've not pronounced that correctly and I'm sorry, Felicity. And she says, So, I got up one morning and went down to get my bike from the stair where I left it locked up, the bit of my block of flats that is public. As I unlocked it, I noticed that every single cable on the bike had been cut, gears and brakes. Obviously, I couldn't cycle to work and had to spend £30 getting them replaced. The bike shop people were very nice and didn't charge me for their time, just parts. That is very nice. Their theory is that someone tried to steal the bike and was annoyed that they couldn't, so they took their revenge. Mm. What do you think? Love the show. Felicity. Well, I mean, which part of Scotland is she in? Because if this happened in Edinburgh during August, part of me thinks that somebody... And because I've stayed in, you know, those flats in Edinburgh where yeah. they have the, the, the big stairwell in the middle. Um, yeah. And maybe it was somebody who lived there full-time thought that the bike belonged Ooh. to one of the fucking loud comedians upstairs staying for the month. <laughs> and they were like, oh, just, you know. So it was revenge, but it wasn't on you, Felicity. It was uh, on... Um, you were just a proxy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because I've sometimes thought, like, you know, when you you know, you know pay two to three grand for a, um, a flat in Edinburgh during August, and then you... Like, there are people that live there the whole time, aren't there? And I always think people in Edinburgh must hate August. They must have had such a good August this year, apart from all of the businesses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a real bittersweet victory. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, as one of the loud, horrible comedians, um, <laughs> I I would say it's probably not Edinburgh, though, because there are a lot of cobbles in Edinburgh and you wouldn't want to cycle over those. Maybe. You'd have a, a sore little tush. So I wonder if it was a different part of Scotland. And, yes, we you don't know, know, maybe someone just walked past with a spiky belt on. Uh-huh. You know, um, accessorising very in. And it was a complete accident. Yeah, you can, like, accessorise, like, your jeans with, like, you little know, spikes they on. They would have presumably cool. injured lots of other people that they walked past, though, if it was that. Well, if it's a remote part of Scotland, there might not have been a lot of people around. Okay, so they okay. might have, like, accidentally got caught on the bike and then it, it just cut through all of those cables Um and they didn't even realise. Yeah. I once got caught on someone's coat on a tube um, by accident. <laughs> it was a bit of my bag. She just walked past and my coat got caught on her. And she was, she was actually very angry about it. And I was like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't 
do this on purpose like we were like stuck together and I had to like get out of the tube and like miss my stop and like I had to unhook the bit of her coat and it was all like sticking out because it was all like a weaved coat Mm. thing so it is it's a definite you know it's possible it's possible okay good good theory you got anything to add Taylor well that just reminded me of I was uh in New York and my hair got stuck on somebody's umbrella and it was so busy that they didn't notice and I was just like in shock and I was just like walking backwards I was like excuse me excuse me oh my god and like we went like a full block before they noticed I was like just going backwards oh my god New Yorkers man crazy it's 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 a great city um great whereas Londoners shout in your face about it yeah I gotta say I think the bike shop are right I think somebody tried to nick it and then they got pissed off and out of spite they were like well fuck you then and it's just definitely like, spite it's just whether it was somebody trying to steal it or oh, is there an a enemy. secret enemy or was it a romantic gesture from a very possessive partner Ooh, toxic. Spend some toxic. time with me. Yeah. <sighs> or was it... you have to call in sick, huh? Yeah, Felicity. was it Felicity? Was there anyone in your life that kept saying, you spend more time cycling than you do with me? <laughs> <laughs> You're always commuting to work. Yeah, was yeah. it someone who just... Because if they cut the brakes, like, that's really dangerous. Mm. Yes. That's like... It's aggressive. That's like Webster. I'm sorry to make a yeah. parallel. That but. is about a psycho doctor that didn't have any money. <laughs> yeah, like the next step is like cutting up your body and stuffing your thigh in your torso yeah. and burning it on a furnace. So Whoever did this, you're well rid of them. And we're sorry about that. We're sorry. I hope you've had no repeat crimes. So they are gone we can I presume. think I hope you found love at the bike shop as well because I think that there's oh, some people there yeah. that seem very kind yeah and I hope that this had you oh know my one God, of those God, wait, that not badly. charging for labor they did it they were like oh that cute girl's gonna have to come in and get this fixed oh in which case oh, I hope that you're not with that I'm person gonna be now. a hero that doesn't charge for labor oh yeah, well, Felicity, I hope whoever you're that. with, break up with them. That's what I'm saying, yeah. just in case they were linked to this. Yeah, break Don't up with that. everybody. <laughs> I think that is an official way, drunk women recommend. Either way, you should give up on sustainable transport and go back to more normal methods that ruin yeah. the environment. The lesson the is trash the planet. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Okay, I hope that helps, Felicity. <laughs> I think we solved it. We have just enough time to ask the fantastic Samantha Baines, what are you up to? Where can we find you? What do you have going on? What's coming out next? I'm at home a lot. Okay. Because it's a pandemic. But no, um, (laughs) so I have a podcast called The Divorce Club. Oh, yeah. Um, Which is, I'm a divorced lady. Don't worry, I'm fine. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm having a lovely time and lots of orgasms. Um, (laughs) So I interview other divorced people, um, mainly to make friends and keep me busy. Um, But in a couple of years, you guys can go on it. That'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for you if you're, you know, if you're feeling a bit like lockdown crazy with the hubbies. Let me know. I'll give you some tips. Um, Yeah. So it's basically like I got divorced and didn't know anyone else my age who'd got divorced and wanted to talk to people so yeah so I just talked to lots of people with different divorce stories and uh, it's like hopefully quite upbeat and positive but also like the real side of divorce yeah amazing 
amazing. What um, a great, what a great podcast. Well, thanks. Well, yes. Um, so, it, and it's for you know, if you're not divorced but you've had a breakup, like most yeah. people, you can still relate. But um, we can all relate. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah, it's just in-depth discussions. The first episode was with Sarah Milliken, and we have some great people on. Uh. There are men allowed too, but like only a couple because, like, you know. <laughs> what did they do? Exactly. Yeah, they, get, they get too much exposure anyway. Um, <laughs> you can get it on all the podcast devices and it is an upbeat conversation to change change the kind of taboo subject of mm-hmm. divorce and look at the real side of things fantastic and i also have a children's book out i know i talked about wanking a lot but sometimes <laughs> i'm like like quite sensible and don't swear and <laughs> during those times i wrote a children's book so it's called awesome. harriet versus the galaxy and Great. it's about a little girl that has a hearing aid like me and Yay. her hearing aid translates alien languages <gasps> Nice. That's cool. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So her and her gran are secret astronaut spies, and they protect the Earth from aliens. And Harriet's the only one who can communicate with them. Oh, what age group is it for? So it's for like six to twelve year olds. So Mm. the the aliens Harriet are fighting are the munchers who eat things on Earth, and that's why they disappear. So there's like sock muncher who eats your socks. And there's knicker muncher, and knicker muncher eats Gran's knickers off her bottom while she's wearing them. Oh no! Yeah, shocking. <laughs> um, sometimes that happens to me at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> on the way home I'm like oh it's <laughs> going commando yeah <laughs> forgot to pack some pans um, <laughs> but yeah so it's called Harriet versus the Galaxy and it's available in all good bookshops fantastic so one more time thank you so much Samantha B Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman music by The Lion and the Wolf if you would like to you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter on Facebook and Insta we are Drunk Women Solving Crime and please review us on Apple Podcast and also if you have a crime that you would like us to solve write it on a review on Apple Podcast as well thank you to ACAS and thank you for listening bye Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you